Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, young ladies, it's Kristen. And Caroline. A few years back, we published a delightful series of pep talks, but they've been trapped behind a paywall until now. We brought a handful out into the main feed to close out 2021 and ring in the new year, and now we are bringing you the rest. And this very one features, <laughs> oh my God, it's me. <laughs> oh my God, it's Kristen. That's your new, uh, that's your new motto. Yeah. <laughs> So y'all are going to be getting three pep talks this week and three next week. And we really hope it brings some pep to your step this spring. I used to think a wedding was a simple affair. Boy and girl meet. They fall in love. He buys a ring. She buys a dress. They say I do. I was wrong. That's getting married. A wedding is an entirely different proposition. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Unladylike Pep Talks album. I'm Caroline. I'm Kristen. And y'all, Pep Talks are pick-me-ups for when the patriarchy gets you down, starring some of our favorite, most inspirational, hilarious, and brilliant unladies. And today, we have our very own brilliant unlady leading a pep talk. Kristen Conger. That's me. <laughs> that is you. I'm, I'm kind of blushing. Well, you know, I think that there is no one better that I could imagine to give a pep talk about weddings. And not just the ceremony, but like all of the high pressure stuff that surrounds it. Caroline, um, one, huge compliment. Thank you. And two, you were there with me like from the jump, figuratively, from <laughs> the moment I drunkenly looked into my future husband's eyes and, like, knew that it was on that <laughs> night uh, to us, you know, like, legit dating <laughs> to, uh, you know, us getting engaged and planning a wedding. Um, but, Caroline, as uh, you you are not married, um, and I'm here to shame you for that. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. No, but, like, so, weddings, though, I mean— it's about more than just planning this event. Like from your perspective, when you think about a wedding pep talk, like what is what is the pep that you need for your step? Oh my god. Okay. Well, so 
Can I answer your question a little bit differently? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to answer it from a very personal perspective, talking about your specific wedding planning. Okay. So when you got engaged, you didn't rush into having a wedding and you didn't like rush in to have someone else pay for it. And these concepts are things I'm obviously like familiar with. I live in the world. But ever since you got married and you talked about the importance of paying for your own shindig, that has really stuck with me. And like that is something I'm really shooting for as well. Like I know my parents would pay for it, but I also understand that I'm I'm sitting here across from you at the age of 35. Do I want my parents to have that much of a say? So like being someone who's a little bit independent, bossy and judgy, uh I like the idea of being <laughs> able to control my own wedding fate. Well, I feel like too it like gets at the tension of being a feminist who is also getting married. Notice I did not say like a feminist bride because mm-hmm. like let's not even start with all of that. <laughs> um, but yes, like it, it, on the one hand, if someone in your life, maybe that is like your parents, your family, if they want to like step in and give you this gift of paying for whatever portion of the wedding, like you want to respect that, mm-hmm. you know, respect the graciousness, but at the same time, too, the idea of the patriarchal figure of our father stepping forward and saying, here is the money to pay for your event, like, feels so, so anti-feminist. I mean, yeah, like, I've accepted enough money from my father, like, helping me with taxes over the years that... I don't know. Maybe my wedding fund is gone. Well, I feel like managing as much of the the money situation is sort of a way to uh, kind of to do both, to sort of claim your own wedding space over the things that like your non-negotiables, mm-hmm. like you pay for that. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay for that. Um, and then, you know, let people who want to be gracious to you be gracious, but also, you know. Mm, boundaries. Boundaries. Exactly. Boundaries. Well, I hope this pep talk does wedding woes justice because I I know I could have used some encouragement throughout the whole process. And I feel like people want this, Kristen, because we do get emails from listeners, people who are saying like, I'm getting married or I'm engaged and I want to have a feminist wedding or I, I don't know what to think about all these like wedding traditions. I feel like they're patriarchal, but also like my dad really wants to be involved. Da, 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 da. And the thing is, like what I learned from watching you plan your wedding is that like you got to do you. And sometimes that means borrowing from existing traditions. And sometimes that means creating your own. Caroline, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Unladylike. My name is Kristen Conger. You might have heard my voice before because I am the co-host of Unladylike. And I am sitting here in a former closet in my apartment, which is now the Unladylike studio in Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah, what I do is obviously record a lot of podcasts and try to make the world a more livable place uh, for women-identifying folks. So what better place than Unladylike to talk about weddings? Because hello, bullshit. (laughs) But also some great things, but also a lot of bullshit. 
The most unladylike thing about me when it comes to weddings and marriage is that as a straight married woman, I didn't change my last name. I am Kristen Conger now, Kristen Conger forever. Um, And I really appreciate that my husband was super chill about that. Although, to be honest, if he weren't, you know, we probably wouldn't have been a match anyway. Um, And also not to say that if you do choose to change your name, then you're some kind of a bad feminist, whatever. But I feel like it is still something that that feels unladylike, especially because um, I'm a gal living in the South as well. And we do things, you know, a little more traditional sometimes around here. I relate to this pep talk topic of weddings because I got married coming up on three years ago. And the first thing that comes to mind, (laughs) even now, when I think about weddings, is being constantly asked from pretty much the moment people found out that my now husband and I had gotten engaged, the question of, how's wedding planning going? And it comes from a totally fine place. It's a fine question to ask. But when you're constantly asked that by by everyone for a year plus, um, it gets old. And it's also odd that I was the only one being asked that question, not my husband, who, who was also helping plan the wedding. Um, So it just raises immediately all of these gendered expectations around who's doing what with the wedding and also this idea that it's going to be this fairy tale dream that we've been planning since childhood. So, of course, we'll have some gorgeous answer to how wedding planning is going. When, in fact, if you have planned a wedding, there's a good chance that the honest answer to that question is, well, um, do you enjoy spreadsheets? Do you want to talk about uh, my Excel setup? Because I've got a lot of tabs going on and I have not spent this much time willfully in spreadsheets ever, and that is how wedding planning is going. And then the other person is just staring at you blankly and just looking for any reason to leave the conversation. (laughs) So I I probably could have used pep talks from start to finish. Um, We were engaged for about a year and a half, and I highly recommend a long engagement, especially if you are, you know, DIYing your wedding because you have the time and the runway to save up some money and really plan it, and also just deal with the bizarre emotional and relationship issues that I think weddings kind of naturally provoke, and the ways that I navigated it were really leaning on some amazing best friends who had gone through it um, and just who who know me and who I felt like I could, you know, be honest with um, if I was dealing with any sort of, I don't know, just working out whatever kind of issue it was, whether it was too many spreadsheets or, you know, dealing with expectations from my in-laws. Um And also the support of my two older sisters was 
tremendously helpful. And the moment that jumps out in my mind when it first <laughs> occurred to me, like, oh, whoa, whoa, this this wedding stuff can do strange things to you was pretty early in the planning process. My um, husband and I were talking about decor for the space, and I was interested in using some, like, pennants, like the uh, kind of garland, and he said, I don't, I don't like pennants. I don't, I don't want garland. And I was so offended by that, (laughs) so unnecessarily offended by that, that obviously it wasn't about the garlands. It was more like me reading that as like some kind of judgment on my taste. Um, And it's like small things like that that come up that are so bizarre, but really crystallize the fact that all of this is really about bringing two families together and also our friends to you know celebrate our relationship but it it just for me at least even conversations about decor and choices that we made um ultimately kind of root back to like concerns about whether I'm good enough for his family, whether my family, you know, will be a total, like, embarrassment at this wedding. Like, all whatever kind of family issues you might have, they will be provoked at some point um, in the wedding planning process, which is part of the reason why I feel like weddings are sort of this bizarre obstacle course that you have to get through in order to get married. And in a way, it's helpful because I would rather come to some realizations about, you know, family issues through disagreements over garland than, you know, when when you're in the thick of marriage. The best advice, hands down, that I I got was pretty much anything from A Practical Wedding, which is both a wedding planning book, but it's also an amazing website. If you are feminist, like, go to A Practical Wedding. You will immediately find calm (laughs) in that place. Um, Whether it's event planning and budgeting, etiquette nonsense, like whatever kind of feminist angst you might be working through about like, oh my God, should I wear white? What does that represent? The whole thing. A Practical Wedding was my respite. Um, And Caroline and I actually once interviewed Meg Keene, who's the founder of A Practical Wedding. And my favorite bit of practical advice that she offered was to outsource whatever kind of wedding planning stuff that you relish the least rather than like making yourself do that. And it just was a helpful way to clarify the budgeting process. The worst advice I received for me personally 
was the whole notion of being like a chill bride, you know, just like you can be like a chill bride and kind of like rise above all of, you know, the wedding industrial complex stuff and, you know, the money pits and dieting pressures and, you know, sexist baggage attached to our wedding culture. I find this notion that good feminists should be able to just, you know, be above all of the noise it's just unhelpful pressure. It's just it's kind of the opposite side of the coin that tells you that you have to have some kind of fairy tale wedding. It's saying like, oh no no no, like if if you spent more than fifty dollars on your wedding dress and give too much of a shit, then you are doing this whole thing wrong. When the fact of the matter is like, this is a ceremonial event and. It is, yes, weighed down with a lot of patriarchal baggage, um, but there are also plenty of things to celebrate as well. So don't feel pressured to feel a particular way about your wedding. Imagining this pep talk for anyone who might be in the midst of or even thinking about planning a wedding, participating in a wedding, or even, yes, attending a wedding. Because I have been both the bride, also a maid of honor, also just a guest, and thinking about all three of those roles, the best approach I think to take is to keep in mind that. The wedding is not about you. Yeah, even as a bride, I know we're supposed to assume like, oh, it's supposed to be the bride's day. Fuck that noise. No, the wedding is not about you. It's a community event. Um, and for my husband and me, like what we really wanted to do was honor our respective families and also make sure that everybody had a really good time. Um, we love our friends as well, and, like, we just wanted to throw a big party and a party that we could be proud of. And I would be remiss to give a pep talk about weddings and not talk more about the money, honey, because I feel like money is is the most fraught part of the entire wedding experience. Again, whether you're the one um, who is in that wedding or you're the one having to search through the uh, <laughs> the couple's gift registry to find a gift that you can actually afford but doesn't seem too small, like you're being cheap. <laughs> um, money is, I mean, is money ever not the crux of all of our problems? <laughs> but for me, at least, there is an upside to all of the spending that can come with weddings. So for me, as a feminist bride, um, I knew I wanted to pay for as much of the wedding as I could, um, which was all but really the booze. And um, I, I was not, especially, I, I was in my 30s by that point. I was not going to go to my father and say, Dad, will you buy us a nice wedding? Like, no, no, that was not going to happen. Also, my family couldn't afford it. If yours can, take it. Why not? Um, but I will say, the upside to uh, paying for as much of the wedding as you can is that money is control and leverage. So 
if you are dealing with a family that might have more conservative values than you and you want to both say honor that but also leave some room for your more liberal approaches to marriage Guess what? The fastest way that you can make that happen is by picking up the tab yourself because when people aren't paying for things, they have less of a say. And that sounds really harsh, but sometimes when it comes to weddings, you need to be harsh. Um, And the last thing I really want to encourage folks who are going through any sort of wedding planning process is to remember your own mental health through all of this. It threw me for a bit of a loop that I wasn't expecting because when you're just dating someone and even, you know, when you first decide that you want to get married, it's kind of just you two, you know, and it's maybe your friends. But once you (laughs) decide to get married, then you bring in family. And with family comes, you know, family baggage. And I didn't anticipate that the whole family element and kind of dealing with whatever issues that I had with with my own family would would really come into play and really kick up a lot of anxiety for me. And I was fortunate enough to be able to have a therapist at the time that I would go to on a weekly basis and really ball my eyes out um, and dig through a lot of stuff that getting married, just brought to the surface because it wasn't cold feet. I think we call, you know, mislabel cold feet a lot of times when when in fact it's understandable that the prospect of marriage but even just the event of the wedding when all of those humans will be there together in that place and we all have to look nice and we have to take photos together, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that it might trigger just whatever kind of anxiety and baggage that that you might have picked up inadvertently um, from witnessing maybe your own parents' marriage or your own family's just quirks. Let's call them quirks. Um, Ultimately, all of these things, dealing with whatever baggage you have, whatever kind of um, mental health uh, issues that all of this pressure and spotlight on you and your relationship and what you look like, you know, suddenly, like, however that might make you feel uncomfortable, um, I do feel like it is part of a bizarre obstacle course that can end up really productive and healthy. And if you are feeling a certain way about someone's wedding, whether that is your own or a loved one's, I would just encourage you to not run away from those feelings, but try to sit with them, uncomfortable as that might be, and honestly ask yourself like, where the discomfort is coming from. Get in deeper touch with yourself, with your partner, with your friends, whoever that might be, so that you can have a terrific time, hopefully. Or maybe just an awkward time, maybe just like a people-watching time, maybe just like a stuffing your face with cake and running away as fast as you can time (laughs) at the wedding. Um, And I will say that our wedding was really fucking fun, and it was one of the most delightful days of my life. And I did, P.S., don't tell my husband, (laughs) Uh, he already knows, actually. 
I wrote my wedding vows the afternoon of our wedding day. You know? I mean, if you feel like you're behind, it's cool. It's all gonna be okay. Huge thanks to today's very special pep talk giver. Oh my gosh, me? One Kristen K. Conger. You're welcome. Just, what a pro. What a pro. Um, If y'all want more from Kristen, well, just head on over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and look us up at Unladylike Media. You can also drop us a line at hello at unladylike.co. You can also support Caroline and me directly by joining our Patreon. You will get instant access to nearly 100 ad-free bonus episodes and a new bonus episode every week. You can find it all over at patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. Nora Ritchie is the senior producer of Unladylike. Michelle O'Brien is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Shruti Marate transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing is by Jared O'Connell. Sound design and additional music is by Casey Holford and Andy Christens. Special thanks to Abigail Keel and Aaron Nestor, plus Casey Holford, who wrote additional music for our Pep Talk series. And to Nora Ritchie, Jenny Barish, and Joanna Kelly, who contributed fabulous vocals. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney, Daisy Rosario, and Unladylike Media. This podcast was created by your hosts, Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin of Unladylike Media. And remember, when things are looking dire and the world's a garbage fire, you need a pep talk. And to get unladylike. Caroline, you were there with oh, me yeah. from first hookup with my future husband. <laughs> I was there, yep. I was there. Well, not there, there. <laughs> Stitcher. <laughs>